Welcome to Higher Calling Wildlife with award-winning wildlife journalist Chester Moore. From deep investigations to interviews with top experts, Higher Calling Wildlife is the place to get informed and inspired about all things wildlife. Welcome to the program. This is Chester Moore and feral hogs have been an interest of mine since I was a little boy seeing a mounted specimen with mega tusk up on the wall of my uncle's house. And, and when I was researching my book, Hog Wild, I came across a study by Dr. Jack Mayer with the Savannah River National Laboratory out of South Carolina that talked about hog aggression and, and looked at some fatalities related to hogs around the world. And he has been kind enough to call into the program. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. Good to be here. Now, the first thing I got to ask you is um, what made you want to start researching hogs? Well, uh, it's starting. Well, I'm a hunter, so that's that kind of yeah. started it. And yeah. uh, I when I was in high school, I lived over in Germany. And of course, they've got wild boar over there and, and mm-hmm. we were able to hunt them there. And when I got into college and I got in my senior year, I was looking for a research topic. And again, that hunting interest in, in wild boar, wild pigs, uh, that got it started. And I start, so I started looking into that. And the more I looked, the less I found. And I mm. was kind of curious that, gosh, these things are, are scattered throughout the U.S. right now. And there's not that much about them. So I decided mm. I'm going to start trying to figure out some of that information myself. That started in the spring of 1973, and I've just been doing that ever since. Yeah, and there seems to be an endless amount to learn as their populations are spreading across and different kinds of conflict and things are arising. These animals obviously originally came over. Uh, Spanish explorers brought a food source. I believe it was in Florida and in, in, in Texas. And, of course, people had hog uh, you know, that they just kind of let run loose their stock over the years and around hogs up every year. But it's interesting because I think a lot of people that don't hunt in particular kind of think that hogs are a native animal of the United States. Well, they've been here so long that uh, a lot of people do think that. And it also yeah. amazes me the number of people in South here in South Carolina. You talk to people, we've got them in every county in the state of South Carolina. And yet you mm-hmm. talk to people in the in the Palmetto State and they have no idea that we've got wild pigs here. Wow. Always a lot of wild tales and things, but you know, this is a, an important topic because this has become what probably, yeah, absolutely. After whitetail, if you consider them, you know, a, a big game animal, the number two populous big game animal in North America would be that is be, true. That is true. They are, they are the second most numerous large, large wild animal in, in uh, North America. Absolutely. And, more and than as far as hunted, the sex second only to whitetail deer. So. Yeah, and it's interesting. If you look at Texas, our numbers of hog harvest are higher than our deer numbers, but that includes trapping as well. Uh, and so, you know, lots, but still populations keep growing. Now, uh, you know, there's lots of talk about, you know, how big hogs can get in the wild. Um, in terms of, now, there's been a lot of like, you know, like feral looking domestic, like Durox and stuff released on hunting ranches and shot, you know, uh, that I've seen in different places and things like that over the years. Uh, what's the le- legit largest like free roaming wild hog you've ever been aware of? If you, if you've seen a weight on. All right. So what is a wild hog? Wild hog is a, or wild pig is a collective term that would include uh, pure Eurasian wild boar. Sure. Would also include those 
domestic animals that have gone wild, the feral yeah. end of that spectrum. Mm -hmm. uh, and then because they're the same species, these mm -hmm. feral hogs and these Eurasian wild boar, they will hybridize. So you've got three types of, of wild pigs or wild hogs here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, oddly enough, this species as a, as a domestic animal uh, will go wilder quicker than any other domestic animal that we have. This is something that's been recognized as far back as the time of Charles Darwin. Mm -hmm. You take a pig and turn it loose, it'll go wild in a heartbeat, mm -hmm. uh, more so than cats or dogs or horses or anything else. Uh, and when it goes wild, it uh, again becomes a wild animal and, and is is aware of threats and whatnot. So, you know, it, it potentially could become dangerous. So the question then becomes, well, what is a wild hog? Well, it's all three of those types. Yes, you will strike. Welcome to Sci Fly Fishing, where we explore the outer limits of stream, shore, wade, flats, and fly fishing. Color choice can drive an angler crazy. I mean, look at any angler's tackle box. You're going to see a myriad of colors, but you'll probably come across some colors that are favorites of anglers. There's something I recommend to anyone who fly fishes for panfish, and this is especially true in the American South, because I live down here. And these colors are always out there in the insect kingdom in particular in nature. Never leave home without red and black flies. Now you need some black flies, you're probably gonna need some red flies, but combination red and black flies have been tremendous for me. While I was having real difficulty cracking the code on crappie, red and black did the trick. When I went to Florida recently and was fishing for cichlids, including Mayan cichlids and jaguar cichlids, I even caught tilapia, the code cracker was red and black. When I fished some bayou water near here where the water was a little bit dirtier than I normally fish in the private lakes I fished for bass, I put the red and black on and it did the trick. You know, in the spring here, we have what are called love bugs. And they have like a, a deep orange reddish sort of spot on their head. And they have a small black body. And maybe that's what it's mimicking here. But I'm telling you, whether it's Florida, whether it's Texas, when I take the smaller flies, your nymphs, your small terrestrials, I always have one that's black and red. With black being the majority color and a touch of red somewhere. And for whatever reason... That does the trick. I've had days where I went out and I had a solid black one and got one or two brim. Switched over to one the exact same pattern. However, it had a touch of red and caught them. It doesn't always work, but it's the one thing I keep going back to. So if you're going out there and making some of your fly selections, maybe you're traveling to a different part of the country and thinking, man, I'm going to go catch some brim or I'm going to go catch some crappie or some bass. Don't overlook the colors. Black and red can help you get it done whether the water's dingy, clean, or somewhere in between. If you would like more sci fly fishing, get exclusive segments on Higher Calling Wildlife, the podcast. Also, listen to my podcast, Dark Outdoors. Both are available on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and others. It, uh some of the local hunters you dog hunters uh caught just north of the site that was a domestic boar that had mm -hmm. escaped mm -hmm. and was a uh, was a, a wild hog at that point it was it was mm -hmm. tearing up crops and 
mm-hmm. and chasing chickens and whatnot. And it, it weighed in at, at 750 pounds. Man. So and it, it was legitimately a, a, a wild animal at that point. So, yeah. it, you know, depending on if you get an animal that's raised in a pen to maturity yeah. uh, and then gets away and goes wild, uh, it legitimately becomes a wild animal. So, you know, yeah, you could get in quotes, wild hogs, wild pigs, it go six, seven, even 800 pounds. Okay. Well, they're, you know, it's they're, interesting. They're not, they're not going to get that way in the wild on their own. They've got to be yeah. raised in the pen first, but You're that sure. doesn't mean they aren't a wild hog when they're, when they, uh, when they get shot. Well, there were two different people in my region that I, that I came across that had islands that they had uh, leased for cattle on two different river systems here. And they would go buy these big hogs at the auction all right and they would put them on the islands to quote control snakes to eat snakes and uh and i a cousin of mine went camping on one of these islands one night and he wakes up and there's this like 500 pound white boar <laughs> at the end of his tent wanting food you yeah know? hey buddy you got any food <laughs> yeah. and it's like it, it, you know this guy went out there and supplemented food or whatever but I guess you're saying it wouldn't take long for that hog or its generations if it decided to swim out and go live with others to get in a truly wild state and be out there and be part of that population. Yeah, that's 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 very true. I can't put a, an actual. I've heard people say, "Well, it only takes so long." Well, I, I'm not sure you put an actual time yeah. limit on it, but very quickly they will go wild. Thanks for listening to Higher Calling Wildlife. Find us on Facebook at Higher Calling Wildlife at the Chester Moore on Instagram and our blog at HigherCalling.net. To contact Chester, email Chester at ChesterMoore.com.